This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Welcome to another fine episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast. I'm your host, Cody Burkett, CSW. I'm Megan, also CSW. I am James McNew, aspiring CSW. Today, we're talking Indiana. Wait, what? I said not Illinois. Yeah, not Illinois. (laughs) Like I said earlier, for some reason, today. We have here the Creek Bend 3, which is an estate bottle vintage from 2017, from Oliver Winery and Vineyards, although it's under their Creek Bend Vineyard label. I suppose I shall do the ceremonial reading of the text sheet. Let me just drop the fucking wine grapes by Jansen's Robinson on the table. <laughs> it's the right sound. You kill someone with that thing. Uh, I'm not going to bother reading the tasting notes because we'll talk about what we taste better and tasting notes uh, are subjective as fuck. Yes. Vinification. Various white varietals were barrel fermented on an experimental basis in hopes that an ice blend would develop. The result of those trials, a blend of barrel fermented vignoles and Vidal Blanc, along with stainless steel fermented Chardonnay. Barrel fermenting the vignoles and Vidal Blanc portions created a fuller body and oak characteristics such as toast and vanilla. So this is from uh, the Creek Bend Vineyard. It is a blend of 66.3 vignoles, 21.5% Chardonnay, 12.2% Vidal Blanc. None of these grapes we've experimented before with in the podcast, so we'll also have a ceremonial reading of excerpts from uh, Jansen's Robinson later. 13.6% alcohol, 0.06% residual sugar. 0%. It's almost, it's, I mean, if you yeah, rounded almost, it, yeah, no, no, if no. you rounded it, it would be zero. Acidity is 0.64 grams per 100 milliliter, and it's a 3.59 pH. So, decent acidity on here. Yes. Which I feel like you don't get a lot of. Yeah, the, the, ma- I'm, I think you're right that this yeah. one went through mallow. Cause oh, it's, if it didn't, there, that, well, I don't even, that would be insane. If it didn't. Yeah, because, I mean, it's pretty high acidity for, for something to not go through. Mellow. Sorry. And they called it malolactic fermentation <laughs> sport. <laughs> Sorry, channeling my inner Donovan here. I was channeling Olivia Newton-John, but she's much better looking than I am. Trust me. <laughs> <clears throat> so, the history of Illinois wine... Indiana. Damn it. (laughs) The history of Indiana wine, uh, like so many states in the Midwest, of course, begins uh, with the wonders prior to Paul. uh, Prior to. Words. You're starting to sound like an adult from the Peanuts cartoons. Oh, God. History of Indiana wine starts, of course, with prior to uh, Prohibition, 18th century, Europeans brought vines in. And it turns out, actually, 
In the mid-19th century, before Prohibition, Indiana was the 10th largest wine grape-producing state in the country. Mm. Take a wild guess what happened. Prohibition. Prohibition. It ruins everything. That it does. What a shocker there. Weird. But uh, the oldest winery in Illinois, which is Oliver, which is... Indiana. Indiana. (laughs) 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 Fucking goddamn it. There's going to be so many fucking, uh, there's going to have to be a fucking blooper reel for this episode. There, there, there's no question about no, it. Just go about with it. it. Just go with it. <laughs> so, but it makes me look like a hack. I mean, I am, but I don't want other people to know that I'm just I am. just going to hold up a real sign. Quick, like, in the Indiana! Spirit, Indiana! <laughs> in the spirit of current topic, I'd like to interject this little joke. What is the definition of a Hungarian? <gasps> a very well-endowed man from Gary, Indiana. <laughs> you may proceed, sir. Very good. Oh, goodness gracious, great balls good. of fire. Now you'll remember Indiana, huh? Maybe. <laughs> or I'll just remember Hungary. <laughs> oh. oh, goodness gracious. Not heard that one, that's good. So Oliver Winery is the oldest post-prohibition winery in uh, Indiana. Uh, it's also the largest winery in Indiana, too. Hmm. So the history of this particular vineyard, uh, William Oliver. I'm assuming, by the way, that this is Oliver and not Olivier. Either way. I could be wrong, because, again. So anyway, uh, so it's near Bloomington. Uh, 1960s, he purchased land. In order to grow his own acreage. By 1970, he had 30 acres. Winery opened in 1972 and reached an annual production of 38,000 gallons by 1978, which is a lot of wine super quick, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, a lot of trips to the bathroom, too. Uh, he was also integral to the creation and passing the Small Winery Act in 1971 in Indiana, which permitted direct sale of wine to the public. That wasn't through distribution channels. Tasting Room was opened to the public in 1973. Hmm. This label, the Creek Bend, uh, was established in 2004. To read from something I wanted to double check on here um, in my copy of uh, Hudson Cattell's Wines of Eastern North America. Okay, so early grape growing in Indiana... Uh, we're in the southern part of the state. I almost read the Illinois section again. You know, like, wait a minute, that's not right. Mm. Uh, so, the Swiss followers of Jean-Jacques Jouffour settled near Vevey along the Kentucky River after the vineyards of the Kentucky Vineyard Society, which we talked about in episode one way back, uh, began to fail. Old Economy was the name of the vineyard, apparently, which amuses me. No wineries existed in Indiana when Prohibition ended. And the Liquor Act then basically said, yeah, no, you can't do anything. You can only sell the wholesalers. There are two AVAs in Indiana. The Ohio River Valley AVA, which also contains actually portions of Kentucky and Ohio because it's the Ohio River Valley. Mm-hmm. And um, the Indiana Uplands AVA, which is actually where this is from. It includes uh, the site of Oliver, Oliver Winery. I keep wanting to call it Olivier. And I'm just like, no, it's probably not that. Mm. We're not good for smart making. So... Megan, you had something really, really cool that you wanted to say about this wine oh, first how, off. how it just smells warm and, and comforting. Yeah. It, it, warm and soft and fuzzy. <laughs> like, it just 
I love the, the aromatics on this. It's a warm and sultry aromatic with an underlying spiciness that I enjoy. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of white flour, toast, mm-hmm. a little bit of butter. I'm getting more of the buttery character on the palate. Mm. Yeah. I really like in the mouthfeel on this. I really like that, you know, that kind of almost milky thing that you can just swish around. It just feels so good. Mm. Megan, on the other hand. Seriously, if I didn't know, I would think this was a Chardonnay. Yeah. That funk went away. Whatever I was tasting earlier, I think it was the pizza. <laughs> like, okay. Because it's not, yeah, I don't I don't get it as much now. Like, there's still, it's interesting. It's still, it ha- I feel like it has that kind of, like, canned fruit. Like, I almost want to say peaches or apricots or something because it's very thick. Yeah. Like, it tastes kind of just heavy. But, yeah, no. If I didn't know any better, I would absolutely think this was totally 100% Chardonnay. <laughs> That's actually a good segue. Thank you, Megan. Segway. To Chardonnay, which is one of the uh, the second. Twenty-one point five percent. Thank you. I know it's on the bottle. I'm pretty cool at that. <laughs> it's actually a hybrid from New York. Uh, it's a complex hybrid of Vitis rupestris, Vitis vinifera, and Litis linsicumi. No, I remember this because Gary's like, when it's two eyes, it's E. So, <laughs> Vitis Lincecumii hybrid. And basically, it's a hybrid of Saval Blanc and Chardonnay. Uh-huh. Oh. Chardonnay. So, hence the name, Chardonnay. Viticultural characteristics. Uh, vigorous and productive late budding, late ripening. More cold hardy than Chardonnay. And almost as hardy as Saval. Uh, the bunches are less compact than either of its parents, and thus only moderately susceptible to downy and powery mildews. So you should be growing this at DA instead of Saval, probably. Yeah. Well, the, the, the whole Saval Blanc thing always confused me anyways, because they made that to be cold-hardy, right? Yeah. Like, that's what that grape is for, so it always seemed confusing. I'm like, I know it gets cold here, but it's not cold enough to need a hybrid for ah! that. This is where you're wrong. Okay. Because it's... Not so much about cold, but it's when bud bursts and grapes that can withstand that because that's the closest vineyard site to the river, to Oak Creek. Right. And that's the lowest point in the vineyard. And so all of that cold air that's coming up from the top of Oak Creek down the canyon yeah. goes right through that block. So you need something hardier than True. one of the other vinifera varietals. Well, that was what I kind of figured. I'm like, there's got to be a reason. But it just seems interesting, too. Like, it's like I had a chick from, oh, God, is it Vermont? Vermont or Virginia, I can't remember. They both start with V. Um, today, because she knew Save All Blanc, and it's usually always people on the East Coast or up in like New York and yeah. Finger Lakes and all that. You know, and so it's like up in the Finger Lakes, that makes sense to me because it's north, it's colder, whatever. You know, and I kind of forget that the East Coast is not that cold. Like they're like kind of as cold as we are, which is weird. And so it seems weird that they too would also have the, the Save All Blanc because I know it's all up and down that whole coast. So it originally was called New York 45010, and then GW9, and then they actually renamed it. Uh, so the first wines from Chardonnay were made in 1966, but it was released to the public in 1990. What? They're so, like, this shit sucks for 30 years. No, not quite. Or, 24 years. Or just like, work. we need to figure out another name other than giving it a fucking zip code. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
fucking android. Uh, so Vignoles. It's such a beautiful label. Yeah, I love the Arrowhead. I'm wondering if that's like a, an association with the site or or what. Ah, I just passed the name of one of my favorite uh, obscure stupid grape varietals. It just sounds like some hoity-toity rich like heiress's name, Vandal Cliché. Mm. Yes, they're the, the New York Vandal Clichés. Like Vandalay Industries mm-hmm. from Seinfeld. I don't know. It's not ladies' choice, so you know. <laughs> never be. Oh, yeah. Never be as. Ladies. <laughs> uh, or is it an overused term by some tribe of German barbarians? No, I don't. A vandal cliche. Oh, that's what it feels like it should be. Where the heck are you in this book? This does really just smell like cookies. Very yeah, it just makes me think of like my grandmother. Well, it's a very inviting and approachable wine. So much, like, but you know, so many people would hate this. All the Chardonnay haters would hate this because it tastes like a Chardonnay, like a very. It's like buttery, oh, this is like a. But it's a little sweeter. Like this doesn't make me crave popcorn. Yeah. Whereas buttery Chardonnay, it's not good if it doesn't make me crave popcorn. Again, yeah. I as I said, I think this would pair very well with bratwurst. Yeah, lightly is, seasoned mm-hmm. with mustard. Lightly seasoned. Dijon mustard. It has to be a fancy ass mustard. Certainly. We're not just going to dump on a bottle of French's. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of sauerkraut on there, too. I can sauerkraut, see this working yes. well with sauerkraut. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you feel like this could be a little colder? Yeah, just a little bit. Like, not, I don't know, but that's just me. I'm weird. No, I'm very picky temperature wise. This would, uh, I think, be amazing, well chilled. Again, I just had it in the, the wine fridge at work and yeah. then brought it in a cooler, so. I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, I like, you know, like, buttery Chardonnays, like, I like them a little bit warmer than normal whites. <clears throat> Would be a little bit better, a little warmer, but I feel like this is just ever so slightly too warm for my taste. So maybe I'd even like it better if it was a little cooler, too. So Vignoles, which is varietal number two, actually no, varietal, varietal number, number one, one in this blend at 66.3%. It's a little bit of a mysterious... Um, Parentage. Supposedly, it was crossed by Sabro and Pinot Noir, but apparently, recent DNA analysis has raised doubts about this parentage, so it's a bastard grape. Literally, we don't know what his parents are. Cool. Late budding, early ripening, good cold hardiness, low yields with small bunches of very small berries, susceptible to Botrytis bunch rot, so theoretically, if you wanted to do a soft turn style, you could with this. Mm, I uh, can see that. Again, mostly found in the New World, even though it's bred in France. Uh, the biggest plantings for this grape are in Missouri. Missouri? Yes, uh, 208 acres of vineyards, and as of 2009. So 13% total of the vineyard area. Uh, New York. Illinois as a total has 72 acres. Indiana only has 30 acres. But apparently, it's marked in here as it's one of the state's best varieties. And having not tried any of the other bodies, bo- bodies. Bodies. Oh, I haven't tried any Illinois or Indiana bodies. Oh, my. Uh, if anyone's Someday. willing to offer. Someday. Just, just kidding. That'll be your next podcast. Bodies from all the states. A podcast. <laughs> oh, God. It's so bad. Uh, anyway, but it's listed as one of the, the state's best varietals. For There's only one vineyard that's growing it in the state of Arizona, interestingly enough, and that's at Del Rio Springs. Uh, the last grape in here is Vidal Blanc, which we will meet in later episodes, including a later episode featuring a later wine from this vineyard. 
which is an ice wine. Mm. And it was their like second or third ice wine vintage they produced from Vidal. Mm. So Vidal is often used for, for hybrids, and it's actually the coldest, hardiest grape. Uh, even though this book says moderately winter hardy, but they're growing it in fucking Sweden, a thousand mi- less than 500 miles from the fucking Arctic Circle. So that eh, seems pretty cold hardy to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you know, in the tradition of Beaujolais Nouveau, they should release a, a, a Vidal that should be drunk very shortly after harvest, and they should call it Vidal so soon. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, uh, we'll talk more about uh, the genetics and stuff of Vidal when we get to an actual 100% Vidal in front of us. TLDR, I really dig this. I like it. Yeah. But I'm craving bratwurst and kraut. Yeah, I'm like, it needs something with it. Like, this isn't... It's not bad just, like, come home and sit and have a glass of it, but yeah, it would be really good. It's got some definite pineapple to it, too. I was going to say pineapple! Which is so, like, pineapple and a little mango, which is so characteristic of vignoles. Like, every vignoles I've ever had is like, oh, wow, pineapple. Like, there was one, the very first one I ever tasted, which was from Stony Hill in Missouri. When I first had it, I'm like, this tastes like fucking pineapple juice. Mm -hmm. My friend, that was a very lovely vignole vignette. Uh, oh god <laughs> make it stop right. this is why usually I'm the only one in here allowed to make puns oh, <laughs> I need that oh god I never found it but I want like I want that noise just like wah, 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 you know that noise for like you know shit's going down but I don't I can never find it but I need the horns yes <laughs> I need the battle horns but anyway, I dig this. I like it. It's got this total pineapple minerality character. Lychee, peach. You said canned fruits. I agree. It's got like sort of a peachy, mm-hmm. pineapple-y thingy. Apricot almost. But yeah, Apricot. the pineapple, I was getting that while you were And uh, I know you guys, well, you didn't say one way or the other if you did for mallow. Um, but I, I think, that I feel like this one with it, your mallow. The mouth feels... It's so creamy. Yes, it really is. And you, I mean, you Pleasure get, you can so. get yeah. some of that character from French oak aging. Yeah. And barrel fermenting. But I feel like to the extent that this is at. The only other way it could have been done is aging surly. Well, yeah. It, it, this is either surly aging or mallow. Well, and I don't know which. would have a little which. bit more of like a yeasty taste to it if it was surly? Sometimes. Some do, some don't. Mm. I mean, muscadet usually does, but the surly malvasias I've tasted usually don't. Yeah, I know. You hate Malvasia. I do. Huh. Tell us how you really feel about Malvasia. <laughs> Fuck, Mary kill. Malvasia can die. All right, but I haven't had... I've only mostly had them from Arizona, I think. And Arizona Malvasia is garbage. Because they all taste like soap. Boo! It tastes like soap! Boo! It tastes like soap. Boo! Soap. Boo! It's like washing your mouth out with fucking soap. It's disgusting. I can, That's one of those rare wines where I can smell it and go, oh, fuck, it's Malvasia. In case you aren't aware, I am on the exact opposite spectrum of... No, no, no. Malvasia on my fuck, marry, kill list was fuck. I thought you would marry Malvasia. No, marrying Sagrantino, baby. Oh, all right. That's not really love, then. Well, it's sheer... <laughs> that's just... Lust. Creek Ben 3! I want it with something other than bratwurst. I haven't figured it out yet, but something. The soup! The soup that you made! My soup? 
Yes, your soup. You know, I was thinking soup, and I was trying to think which one. I could, I could maybe kind of see that. The 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 unpronounceable Hungarian one. Yeah, well, pa- pa- it's chicken paprikash. A chicken paprikash soup would work, I think, with this. I think so too. If you up the paprika and maybe added a little bit more salt. Yeah, well, I know that batch didn't turn out completely right, but I also don't have a very good recipe, so oh, it was a lot I of me said being earlier, like, Meh. a Hungarian dish would be appropriate mm-hmm. with an Indian. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we've come full circle. Full on that circle. note, Yay. make America great again. Make America great again. This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona wine monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at, at theazwinemonk, or on Twitter at cvburkett. Be sure to also check out our website, makeamericagrapeagainpodcast.com.